You're listening to the Pilot Photog Podcast. I'm your host, Juan, also known as Tog. Let's listen to the story on how the tiger became the tiger shark. What began as Northrop's F-5G and eventually became known as the F-20 Tiger Shark was a light fighter with advanced avionics which was easier to maintain and much less expensive to procure and operate than its chief rival, the General Dynamics F-16. The F-20 could carry beyond visual range missiles as well as air-to-ground missiles and bombs, giving it the capability to fire or deploy most weapons in the U.S. arsenal. Easy to fly, inexpensive to operate, a very capable aircraft with a powerful engine, yet only three were ever built and the program was cancelled. Some have called the Tiger Shark the greatest fighter never put into production. Why did this happen? Let's begin with the development. With the success of the F-5E Tiger II, Northrop sought to further continue developing the F-5 platform. Initially tagged as the F-5G and intended to continue the F-5's legacy as an inexpensive export fighter, the F-5G was born out of a requirement by the Taiwanese Air Force to produce an F-5 capable of deploying the Beyond Visual Range or BVR AIM-7 Sparrow. At the time, Taiwan was concerned with the growing capabilities of Chinese fighters. However, the Carter administration was concerned with advancing avionics falling into Soviet hands and prohibited the export of high-tech fighters to other nations. Since Taiwan was already producing the F-5E under license, the Defense Department asked Northrop to study adding the AIM-7 to the F-5 platform. As a result, the F-5G was developed and appeared to fit within the current export restrictions of the time. However, President Carter personally blocked the sale to Taiwan. This would be the first of many what-could-have-beens for the F-5G and eventually the F-20. Meanwhile, it was becoming apparent that restricting the export sales of advanced fighters was actually harming the U.S. and her allies, as the Soviet Union was continuing to export sophisticated fighters to Soviet bloc nations. In fact, towards the end of the Carter administration in 1979, experts argued that allies were purchasing other weapons platforms to upgrade their air forces, with aircraft like the Dassault Mirage 2000. The FX program was initiated to allow for a low-cost fighter, And while the F-5G still fit this bill, General Dynamics submitted the F-16-79, which had a less powerful but proven J-79 engine in it as compared to the standard USAF F-16s. The two FX fighters were closely matched, but sales of F-5Gs were still prohibited to Taiwan, which led the Taiwanese Air Force to begin developing their own fighter, the F-CK-1 Ching Kuo, also known as the Indigenous Defense Fighter or IDF. While both entries into the FX program did not see production, upcoming political events would dictate that the F-5G would need some serious upgrades. In 1980, Ronald Reagan was elected president, and along with dramatically increasing defense spending and programs, he also began to relax the export restrictions on fighters. At first, this seemed like a boom for the F-5G. However, General Dynamics soon developed an export version of the F-16A, which had a more powerful engine and better avionics than the F-5G. Sales of F-16s to Pakistan prompted Northrop to upgrade the F-5G to better compete with the newer F-16. The upgraded fighter would use the GE-404 engine, the same engine used in the F-18 Hornet, which itself happens to be another Northrop design that evolved from the F-5. The single GE-404 engine develops 60% more thrust than the two J-85 engines found on previous versions of the F-5. 
In addition to the upgraded and more powerful engine, the new fighter would utilize composite materials and a slightly redesigned wing. Additionally, a new fly-by-wire system was installed and sensors were upgraded. In 1982, this fighter would be designated the F-20, and soon after the nickname Tiger Shark would be assigned. Northrop had an all-new fighter. Next, we will take a look at the Tiger Shark's armament. Just like the F-5, the F-20 carries two internal 20mm cannons in the nose, and is also capable of carrying a 30mm cannon in an external pod, which uses the same ammunition found in the A-10's Avenger cannon. The five external hardpoints are capable of carrying 8,000 pounds of ordnance. For ground attack missions, all manner of freefall bombs, cluster bombs, rocket pods, and AGM-65 Maverick missiles can be equipped. For air-to-air -air missions, two wing-tipped AIM-9 Sidewinders can be used, along with up to four AIM-7 Sparrows and eventually AIM-120 AMRAMs. When it came to sensors, the F-20 was equipped with a General Electric AN-APG-67 multi-mode radar which offered a wide range of air-to-air -air and air-to-ground modes. The nose of the F-20 is relatively small, and designers had to work with these space limitations, and ultimately were somehow able to get everything to fit inside an area measuring less than 1.9 cubic feet. Additionally, two multifunction displays were placed near the top of the cockpit, and the integrated data bus allowed sensor data to be sent over to other aircraft using a data link. One more note about the F-20 sensors. While the F-20 could equip and fire the medium-range AIM-7 Sparrow, the F-16 couldn't fire them until 1989, well after the F-20's development. Northrop had an amazing fighter, and now it was time to sell it. The promotion of the F-20 was unique for its time. Basically, Northrop had to produce its own promotional materials and demo flights, since there were few government funds invested in the program. The messaging centered around the low costs of operating the jet, its quick deployment capability from sitting on the ramp to being in the air within minutes, and Northrop even hired famed General Chuck Yeager to endorse the jet. Despite the endorsement by General Chuck Yeager and an aggressive marketing and demonstration campaign, the F-20 could not find customers. Why was this? For starters, the relaxing of export restrictions was a double-edged sword. The F-20 found itself competing with the already deeply into production F-16, and as such, the F-20's per unit cost was not that much less than the F-16. Additionally, the USAF was deeply committed to the F-16, and the Navy was developing an aggressive version of the F-16, known as the F-16N. And remember that aggressive demonstration campaign? Two F-20s crashed as a result. One occurred while performing a demo flight in South Korea, and the other in Canada while practicing for a demo flight at the Paris Air Show. Both crashes appear to be a result of the airframe being able to withstand more G-forces than the highly experienced pilots could handle, and were not due to any failures of the airframe. However, between the USAF and Navy passing on the F-20 along with the crashes, potential buyers shied away from the program. After spending over a billion dollars and obtaining no sales, in 1986, Northrop canceled the contract. Looking back, it's amazing to think that a fighter with the fastest scramble time in the world and used 53% less fuel cost 63% less to maintain and was four times more reliable than any of its contemporaries was not adopted by any Air Force. Many have argued that the F-20 was the finest aircraft that never went into production. The irony is that today the F-20 program makes more sense than it did in the 80s. Miniaturization and electronics allows even the most powerful AESA radars 
to fit into the F-20's nose. Smart weapons have also gotten smaller and more accurate, meaning that one fighter can do what would have taken two or even four fighters 20 years ago to do. And with many nations still flying F-5Es as their fighters, an F-20 would be a welcome upgrade. At the end of the day, many felt the F-20 was a good idea at the wrong time. What do you think? Was the F-20 a missed opportunity? Would the F-20 be a viable production option today? Let me know. You can always reach me on Twitter at PilotPhotog. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. You can also check out my YouTube channel. Just search Pilot Photog, all one word. And lastly, you can find me in any social media platform at Pilot Photog. Be well, stay safe, and see you next time.